0: Hi, and welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. I'm Paul Martin. I used to be a Presbyterian, then Pentecostal, lay preacher. After studying the Bible and church history afresh, I converted to Catholicism in December 2017. And I'm talking today about a hot topic, a very controversial topic, among many of the Catholic faithful. And that's the issue of married priests. In the Latin rite of the Catholic Church, only celibate men are priests, with only a few exceptions. And those few exceptions are Protestant ministers or pastors, mostly Lutheran and Anglican, who have converted to Catholicism, and if they're married, they're allowed to become married Catholic priests. And in the Catholic Church, there are many different rites. There's about 17 rites. Most Catholics are part of the Latin rite, but there's also the Russian rite and the Greek rite, and in Lebanon there's the Maronite rite. And these rites are different liturgical forms of Catholicism and in these different rites they have married priests. It's optional. Priests can either be married or celibate but once they become ordained they're expected to commit to the one or the other. But in The bulk of Catholicism, which is the Latin rite, they do not allow married men to become priests unless they are Protestant or Orthodox clergymen who convert to Catholicism. So the question is, should we, in the Latin rite, allow married priests, just as we do in the other rites of the Catholic Church, Or should we continue the way we are, with only a tiny minority of Protestant clergymen who convert? And that's what we're going to look at today. Many years ago, well over 20 years ago, when I was about to embark on my theological training in the Presbyterian Church, I went out to the remote rural country area with my parents and siblings and we visited a Presbyterian minister who was a good friend of ours. Across the road from where he lived there was a huge beautiful Catholic church and at the time I didn't think much of Catholicism but I still was awed at how beautiful it was and it had these nice carvings of the Apostles and Mary. I knew Catholics didn't worship them. And I said, that's a beautiful-looking church to the Presbyterian minister. And he said, yes, it is. I said, are there lots of Catholics in this town? And he said, yes, there is a lot. And I said, so how many people go to that Catholic church? And his answer made my jaw drop. He said, none and I said say what none and he said that church closed down and the 200 members had to go to a nearby church that's a half hour drive from here and I said why was that and he said because they didn't have a, a priest for their parish and he said and Catholics need priests or they can't have confessions and the Eucharist and I said isn't it sad that they're so dependent on a priest that a church like this cannot run unless they have one a few years later I was at a Pentecostal seminary and one of my lecturers who was raised Catholic but it had become Pentecostal, and his mother was still Catholic. And he told us, our class, about the shortage of priests in the Catholic Church. And he said that his mother goes to a church where the priest comes in in the middle of the service. He consecrates the Eucharist, gives it over to the laity who, to the lay ministry people who then hand out the Eucharist and then he leaves and goes to his next church and she said that this priest due to the shortage of priests was doing five church services in a Sunday in a Sunday morning where he would could not even stay for the entirety of a single service, because he had to get to the next church to do that, so that everyone at that church could partake of the Eucharist. And I thought, that's crazy. And then, I did a, when I became a Catholic, I remembered this and thought, what about the shortage of priests? And I looked up Brazil. Not everyone in Brazil is a Catholic. It's about 50% of the population, which means Brazil has 208 million people, so 50% is 104 million, and they have 16,000 Catholic priests. 16,000 divided by the 104 million, you get 6 1,500 Catholics for every priest. The Philippines has about one priest for 8,000 Catholics and Manila, the capital, I'm told, has one priest for 20,000 Catholics. There's about 1.2 billion Catholics in the world although I've heard it's risen to 1.3 billion, but going by the stats of a few years ago, it was 1.2 billion Catholics and 414,313 priests. And when you divide that, you've got on average about 2,896, almost 2,900 Catholics for every priest. In 1970, there was almost 420,000 priests. As of a few years ago, 2012, it was about 414,000 priests. So we've had a very slight decline over a 50 year period, roughly. But what we've had is a dramatic increase in the number of Catholics because as Catholics we don't believe in abortion or euthanasia or contraception. So the number of Catholics around the world continues to rise. Sadly, we get a lot of lapsed and nominal Catholics and we get a lot of people leave because they're disillusioned with scandals and other problems in the Church. But overall the number of Catholics is always increasing. What's not increasing is the number of priests. In fact, it's gotten so dire that the Catholic Church is not really encouraging many men to become monks, but rather to just become priests. Because the uh, number of men who are committed to a life of celibacy is simply declining in numbers. Now, we've got to look at, at why is it that we have a decline in priests in the Catholic Church. And let's face it, about 98% of Catholics are in the Latin Rite. Is it because of secularism? Is it because of worldliness or whatever? And the answer is no. Is exclusive celibacy discouraging many men from becoming priests? So this is not an attack on celibacy itself. But it's asking, is exclusive celibacy of the Catholic priesthood helping or harming the number of people who want to become priests. Well, we're going to look at what the Bible says and what the church teaches. So, in Matthew chapter 19 verses 9 to 12, Jesus said that some have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He says some. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul the Apostle writes that the man or woman who is celibate, who is not married, can serve God better than the man or woman who is married. But he also says, nevertheless, he he recognises that most most people don't have that gifting, but he had the gift of celibacy and he wished that more people did. And in that same letter, two chapters later, Paul the Apostle writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5, have we no right to take along a wife who is a believer, even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Keithus, that's Peter. So he's actually saying that Peter, who was the first pope, and all the other apostles were married. They had wives with them that went around during their ministry. And Matthew chapter 8 verses 14 to 17 confirms that Peter had a mother-in-law. And so 1 Corinthians 9.5 is probably the strongest case in evidence that Peter, the first pope and the apostle upon whom the Jesus built his church, was married. And for that reason, uh, it surprises some Catholics. Some I've heard try and say, oh, well, maybe he was widowed or whatever, but no, he was not. He was married when he was serving as a bishop in the church. Is celibacy a dogma of the church, or is it a discipline. Well, let's have a look at a book. This is the book that converted me to Catholicism. It's called Defend the Faith by Robert M. Haddad. It's published by Perusia Media. It was written in 2011. And it has a nihil obstat and an imprimatur From Catholic Church authorities. That means that everything in this book. Is approved of and in agreement with orthodox true theologically sound Catholic doctrine. So there's nothing in this book I'm about to quote. Which is heresy or at odds with Catholic teaching. And I refer to his chapter celibacy of the clergy on pages 359 to 360. This is what it says. Celibacy is not a dogma of faith, but a disciplinary law designed to increase the dignity of the priesthood. In the early church, there were many married men chosen for the offices of priest and bishop. But as the numbers of single eligible men increased, More of them were ordained. Though widely practiced since the beginning of the church, celibacy was introduced as a mandatory rule in the Western church only during the 11th century as part of the reforms of Pope St Gregory VII. The church has the right to make or unmake such positive ecclesiastical laws on the basis of the power of the keys given to St. Peter. Unknown to many, the Eastern rites of the Catholic Church have never changed their discipline and even to this day allow married men to become priests. However, once ordained, an Eastern rite priest cannot marry and only celibates can be chosen as bishops so here in this catholic book with an imprimatur which is officially approved by the catholic church celibacy of the priesthood in the latin rite is a discipline it's not a doctrine it's it's not a dogma and it can be changed at any time and he says it was Celibacy of the priesthood was introduced by Pope St. Gregory VII, and he ruled from 1073 to 1085 AD. So for more, than half, uh, sorry, for more than a millennium and more than half of the church history, the Catholic Church in the Latin Rite allowed priests... And even allowed married priests, and even after Pope Gregory, married priests continued in Switzerland until the 1500s. And the reason why this law of celibacy of the priests was introduced is it was to stop priests from passing on church property as an inheritance to their sons, who were their heirs. So it's no longer an issue today. But what was an issue back in the medieval times was the reason why they introduced exclusive celibacy of the priesthood in the Latin rite. While all the other rites of Catholicism continued with married or celibate priests. So for most of church history... Priests were either married or celibate. It was normal to have that until the medieval period. What about Protestant churches? Do they have a shortage of pastors? Well, I knew a Bible scholar and teacher from America. And he told me that when there is a vacancy for the ministry in Protestant or Evangelical churches in America, they have on average about 200 applicants. He said at Bible colleges, they tell the people, look, you'll be very fortunate to get a job as a pastor after you get this degree. Don't expect it, and we can't guarantee that you'll get a degree that you'll get a job from this degree. And so there's no shortage in Protestant churches of men going into the ministry. And how many pastors are there for Protestant church attenders? Well, in the Catholic Church, it's almost 3,000 Catholics for every priest. In America, in Protestant churches, 60% of Protestant churches have less than 100 adults. That means in almost two-thirds of the churches, they have less than 100 people, but they still have a pastor for those 100 people. Only 2% have over 1,000 adults. And usually churches of that size have a team of pastors. I knew of a church in Melbourne, a large Pentecostal church, and it had about 6 to 700 people. That's considered large in Australia. And they had about eight pastors. They had a senior pastor and they had about eight people under him. I once went was did my lay ministry in a Pentecostal church. There was one pastor who had the paid job as pastor, and there were five other people who were associate pastors. In all my years, I grew up as a Presbyterian minister's son. And so I've literally known hundreds of pastors And I spent the last couple of weeks racking my brain to try and write down the list of how many celibate or single men I knew that were Protestant pastors. And I can only name four men. One of them was a a widower and he was desperately looking for a wife. He was a very... Unfit for the ministry, kind of person, and he yelled abuse at a lot of people. The second was a man who was a Presbyterian minister I knew. He was happy being single, and he was in his mid 30s, and everyone in the church was always thinking, How can we get him a wife? He did the wedding for a family. And at the wedding reception, the mother of the bride had arranged for him to sit between two eligible single women. He found it quite annoying because he knew what they were trying to do. A few years later, he got married. And now he is happily married. It wasn't to one of those ladies they sat him next to, by the way. But he got married and now has two children. You see, that pastor was happy being single for a time in his life, and then a few years later, he wanted to be married. That's a thing to recognize about people that feel called to singleness. It's not necessarily going to be that way for their entire life. And then there were two other men I knew that were single, and they were happy that way. So out of hundreds, I've only known a small minority where they do that. And the question is, why do Protestants prefer married pastors? In fact, Protestants generally don't think much of single men going into the ministry. They could be wrong, they could be right, but here's the reasons that are generally given. The feeling is there's less temptation. If a man's married, he has a wife that he can sleep next to every night. It takes away the loneliness. And if he has a wife, he's accountable to her more than to anyone else in the church because she's the one who will smell perfume all over his body if he comes home late at night and she'll wonder what he's been up to. It helps them to do marriage counselling more effectively because until you get married yourself, you can't really know what it's like. Whenever I've asked for advice for my own marriage from Catholic priests. They give good advice and they give biblical advice, but it's not something that they can do from experience. It's something they do based on what the church teaches and what the Bible teaches. And that is not to put them down in any way, but the Catholic Church lacks priests who have marriage experience. I remember one announcement in church was that there was going to be a seminar on marriage and overcoming marriage problems. And the priest said it's at 7.30pm on Tuesday night and he said with a chuckle, me and father and the sisters, meaning the nuns, won't be there of course because we're not married and we don't know what it's like. And he said with a a sort of a, a chuckle and a shrug. And I felt kind of sad hearing that because I thought he doesn't know, he doesn't understand marriage. And that's not to put down someone who has the calling for celibacy on their life. But there's an advantage to being celibate. You can give yourself more fully to the work of God, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The disadvantage is you can't understand married people and help people with marriage problems as effectively. And that's why I believe there should be married priests in addition to celibate priests. This podcast is not an attack on celibacy in the priesthood. It's an attack on exclusive celibacy of the priesthood. But back to what I was talking about. Why do Protestants prefer married priests? There's less temptation. They can do marriage counselling more effectively. And they can understand women better. They can understand children better if they have children. And it gives them more life experience. And the simple fact, as I noted above, that they have on average 200 applicants for every pastoral vacancy. Protestant churches have an over supply of clergymen or people trained as clergy like myself. The Catholic Church has a huge shortage. So the only married men allowed in the Catholic Church are either... Protestant or Orthodox clergymen who convert to Catholicism or married priests in the Eastern rites of the Catholic Church. And my question is, so why not a Latin rite? Some Catholics I've met think having married men as priests is a bad idea, to which I simply say to them, are you opposed then to the Eastern rites that do have married priests to which they say no I said then why are you against it in the Latin rite what source for the goose is source for the gander you're not making any logical sense or consistency what is it about the Latin rite that all of a sudden it would be bad for them to have married priests but it's okay for the eastern rites to do so it's it's illogical and it's inconsistent to which many of them will turn around and say to me, well, why are you against celibacy of the Latin rite? To which I say, I'm not undermining that law. If I, the only way I could undermine celibacy in the Latin rite would be if I was to a celibate priest myself and I went and got married in secret or if I officiated over a a secret marriage between a celibate priest and his girlfriend, that would be going against that, which I'm not going to go, but what I am doing is I'm expressing my opinion that we should change this thousand-year-old discipline to more uh, effectively include more men in the ministry. Some of you may be wondering who's the man in the photo on this podcast and his name is Father Alberto Cute and in he was a Catholic priest he's still a priest but he's not Catholic anymore he's Episcopalian. Father Alberto Cute was a staunch defender of Catholicism. He got on the news and on Opera Winfrey's TV show on many occasions. He was on numerous talk shows. He's fluent in English and Spanish, so millions of people listened to him on TV or the radio. And he was a faithful devout, Catholic priest who defended orthodox teaching of the Catholic church and all that sort of thing. And then there was a lady at his church who was a devout Catholic herself. And Alberto and her became good friends and due to temptation they became more than good friends and eventually he was photographed at the beach with his hands down her bikini And it really scandalised and shamed his ministry. So he requested to step down from the ministry and reflect on what he was to do next. And his bishop gave him that permission and he was torn because he did not want to leave the Catholic Church. He wanted to stay, he wanted to continue doing ministry but he was torn and he was in love with this woman. And so... He opted out, out of the Catholic Church, not out of his ministry. He got married to this lady, and they're now happily married with some children. And Father Alberto Cute still gets on opera every now and again, and he, he talks about how life's changed, and he feels a lot happier now that he's married. Father Alberto Cute says that he gets emails, phone calls or messages regularly from Catholic priests. He claims it's a daily thing where they tell him, I'm in love. They're in love with some woman and they're torn between their commitment to a life of celibacy or giving up their ministry in the Catholic Church. And for many decades, there's been negotiations between the Anglican and Catholic churches on the Anglican church coming back into communion with Catholicism. But it's never actually happened. They've become good chummy buddies. They've become in regular contact with each other. Anglicans probably more than ever have begun to really appreciate Catholic spirituality and some of the Catholic saints. And many Catholics I I meet seem to think that the Catholic Church is on the verge of joining up with Catholicism. When I first converted to Catholicism and I heard about that, I, I snorted and I thought there's a snowflakes chance in hell of that happening. And the reason being is because the Anglican ministers don't want to give up marriage. And in addition to that, however, they do allow Anglican ministers in England who convert to Catholicism to become married Catholic priests. What this has done, though, is this has created resentment among the Catholic priests of England who have said, well, if Anglican converts to Catholicism can be married, why can't we? Now that shows you the widespread dissatisfaction among many priests that they do want to be married. And I'm going to quote to you a newspaper article from the Sydney Morning Herald, September 16, 2018, by Joanne McCarthy, We Live in Joyful Hope, Plan to Allow Married Catholic Priests. And it says that Australia's Catholic priests have been calling for marriage to be allowed, that is, for celibacy to be optional. And this is the council's submission to the Australian Catholic Church Plenary Council Conference in 2020, the first of its kind since... 1937, will argue that priests have left the church to marry and they should be allowed to return to the priesthood as married priests. And it showed that the majority of priests, a majority of priests were in favour of optional celibacy from the point of view of opening the priesthood to married men. So even priests that don't have any desire or plans to get married, even they think that there should be married priests. And most of the priests I've spoken to tell me how utterly exhausted they are because they're too thin on the ground. They're too small in numbers. In South America... It's very common for Catholic priests to have a, a common law wife. That is a secret girlfriend or not so secret girlfriend that they're, that's living with them and they're having sex with. What are the arguments then against having celibacy of the priesthood? One of the arguments is that priests are too busy for a family. And my answer is to say they're only too busy for a family because there are too few priests. And the reason why there are too few priests is because most men don't want to be celibate. This same logic that, oh, they're too busy uh, to have a family, could be used to argue against having a family and a career at the same time. Plenty of people can do both. Another argument is to say that Jesus and St. Paul were celibate, to which I say, yes, they were. But Peter was not, and most of the other apostles were not. That's not an argument for exclusive celibacy in the Latin rite. That's simply a good argument that God calls married and single men into the ministry. And some men have the gift of celibacy and others do not. And this is not to put down celibacy in any way, shape or form. It's simply to say, look, there's not enough celibate men to look after the needs of 1.3 billion Catholics in the world. We need to open it up for married men so that we can have more priests to look after the spiritual needs of the people. And what does it ultimately matter if a Catholic priest is in a holy, lawful marriage? What does it matter when he's handing out the Eucharist or listening to a confession or preaching his 10-15 to minute homily How does it make it less holy if he's married to a lovely, godly, kind Catholic woman? I have one other issue I want to bring up. There are some people who say that having celibate priests leads to pedophilia, and this is complete and utter garbage, because there are married men and there are single men who abuse kids. The priests that have abused children are a tiny minority. There may be 1% or less that do that. So this, this topic has nothing to do with whether or not it causes pedophilia. It doesn't. My main problem with exclusive celibacy is it leads to a lack of priests in the Catholic Church. That's all. And the one final point to cover... Is priests do about nine to twelve years of training to become priests? Most people, if they want to become a scientist, they can do three to four years training at university. If you want to become a nurse, you do three years training at university, along with some field work at the hospital. But a priest. Has to do more than a decade, often, ten years out of his life, to become a Catholic priest. He has to do about four years of university and get a degree in philosophy, followed by four to five years in theology, minimum. On average, they get a master's degree. They need an extra year of training and reflection before going into the ministry. Life is short, my friends. If you can get a degree in science in three or four years, why does it take a priest over ten years to become a priest? Do you need a decade of training, of academic training in philosophy to know basic Bible knowledge, basic apologetics, to know how to listen to confessions, to preach a 10-minute homily and provide last rites to the dying. You don't need that much training. Okay? More training equals less years of ministry. Now, I know what people will turn around and say, oh, well, we can't have ignoramuses or simpletons in the ministry. No, we can't. But my point is... I'm not arguing for no training at all. I'm saying that it's too much training. It's overkill. I'd like to know in all honesty that four-year philosophy degree they do or their doctorate in theology, how does it help old Mrs Stubbs who's dying in the hospital bed needs the last rites? How does it help Jimmy, the guy who's struggling with his addiction who comes into the into the confession how does it help the congregation when you preach just a simple 10-minute homily from one of the Gospels if they did four years of training or even five as a maximum we'd have very well trained priests and they would be churned out at a much faster rate than doing over a decade I know very few degrees where you have to do that many years of training. So, in a nutshell, in a summary, celibacy of the priesthood, I believe, has discouraged many men from becoming priests. The number of Catholic priests has risen dramatically, while the number of, pri- the number of Catholics has risen dramatically, while the number of Catholic priests has declined very slowly but surely. And for the first half of our history, the Catholic Church allowed married men in the priesthood. It was only introduced to stop the passing of church property onto a man's heirs. So it's no longer a valid reason. It's been a stumbling block to unity with Anglicans and other Protestants. And it appears that the majority of priests in many places, such as Australia, either want to get married themselves or they want to allow the option of getting married. And Protestant churches have a massive oversupply of clergymen or people trained as clergy because they have no such restrictions on whether or not they can can serve in the ministry for being married. So I hope you've been blessed and challenged by this talk. I believe that I stand with the majority of priests and probably with the majority of Catholics. It's more idealistic Catholics, devout idealistic Catholics, who are against Priests being married. People that are not in the shoes of a Catholic priest. Bye and God bless.